and welcome back to the latest and greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. My name is Jaden May. You can find me on Twitter at jmay56, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Quentin Crisco. How are we doing tonight, Quentin? Doing good, Jay. Fearless. Yeah, I know. I uh, Well, not so good on that front. I was trying to trim down my beard, and I got so frustrated because my beard trimmer, like, the guard on it, just like it blocked the beard trim from actually doing anything. I was just like, screw it. I'm just in a moment of frustration. I lost my beard. The good thing is it will grow back. That's the great thing about beards. They always come back. They never leave you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but so my name is Quentin Crisco. You can find me on Twitter at Bucky Stats. Make sure to go check out our website, shaving-points.com for all of our content and go, go follow our Twitter account. That is shaving underscore points. That's BTS underscore pot. And Jade, you want to tell the people a little bit about what we're talking about today? Well, first and foremost, I want to congratulate the San Antonio Spurs on their future <laughs> dynasty. Another five rings incoming for if, if Victor Wembanyama only gets five rings, I mean, it'll be a disappointment. The, the dude is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm so excited for the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs are back, baby. It's a good day to be a Spur, man. Go Spurs, go. But we're going to be talking about random rule changes or quirks in sports that we think would not only make the the game better, but also more aesthetically pleasing for the viewers. So we'll have some that are rule changes. We may have some visual changes. I don't know what all you have, but I have quite a few so we're gonna go down down and then we have a couple of uh twitter suggestions as well that we'll break down we'll call it dumb rules to fix sports yeah we got a few oddball ones in there too just to like create chaos that, that just pure chaos <laughs> you want to start with basketball we can start with basketball okay so my first one here which was i, I did all types of types of research today on this like looking at all the all the Reddit threads I could find, find ideas and like try, you know, finding creativity off of some of those. This one was pure, purely from a Reddit thread. The ball gets heavier with every basket. I thought that was pure genius. That would be hilarious. I don't know how you would physically be able to do that. I mean, there's gotta be a cap on it because I'm assuming you have Every time a ball is made, you have another ball, but you could only have maybe 50 balls available for oh, each game, on. but... It's 2023. There's got to be a way they could just, like, drop a grain of sand in the ball every basket and just, like... <laughs> <laughs> a grain of sand every basket, you're only, you might only be an ounce. Okay, fine. Five grains of sand. And we're talking about, like, we're talking about, like, two pounds at the end of the day or something. That would. Be I feel like that would be a lot to, like, throw stuff off, though be hilarious it's hard to dribble yeah that is good one thing I, for basketball you shouldn't be able to protect yourself when you're taking a defensive charge you should have to be it, it should be a blocking foul unless you're making a defensive play a play on the ball so you can't just jump in front of a guy drive in the lane and protect your nuts if you take the charge, I mean, you got to have arms out, arms extended, making a play on the ball, something. You can't just get in his way and be a traffic cone, basically. 
I'd even take that a step further. I'm I'm all for them just getting rid of the restricted area. Take away blocks and take away charges. Yeah. Like it just goes both ways. Yeah, I, I just I've always thought it's silly. It's just like, oh, you can play basketball except for here. Except for right here. You can't play basketball. But yeah, get rid of charges, get rid of blocks. And bring hand checking back. Bring hand checking back, absolutely. These NBA punks need to be punched in the mouth a little. I mean, people complain about flopping all the time, but if you bring hand checking back, then like, if you're flopping, it's not a foul. So should, people will stop. People will naturally stop because they're if you're not getting the calls, there's no point to sling yourself thirty feet across yeah. the court. You gotta start playing tough against physicality, not just flying across the room from. Like, I think it's a real thing they should do. Like, I'm a hundred percent for that. I don't know how much I like that with Victor Wembanyama coming in. <laughs> He's got the defense of Dwight Howard with the offensive power of uh, KD, so they don't matter. Do it all. Yep, that that sounds that sounds accurate. I got one more basketball one here, and this one I think could make stuff really interesting. Take take a note from the college game. Just make all free throws one and one in the fourth quarter. I love that idea so much. As soon as the fourth quarter starts, no matter what, it's a one and one. I mean, I just think you get some wild outcome. Outside of flagrant, it's like flagrant, you still get your two. But common fouls, one and one, no matter what. Imagine like the Hackashack era, if everything was a one yeah. and one. Yeah. He would have had to learn to shoot free throws. They still won a lot of games with the Hackashack, but he would a lot of times go 50 50 on those. Yeah, it would create chaos, man. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for in the NBA. I want more chaos. I want less less of what's expected to happen happening and more of they got to create parody in the NBA somehow right other than just you got lucky with a draft pick like that that's the only way to become a contender I would also not mind at all if they get rid of the three-point line I don't know if you replace it with a four-point line or what the era of today of just like guys just camping there like, it's always kind of happened, but it was usually, like, one guy on a team. But now it's – you have maybe one guy inside and all four other guys are just trying to find a three-point shot, which, I mean, it, it's just the air of the game, but it, it completely takes away the mid-range game. It doesn't make sense to shoot a mid-range jumper. So it's either layups or threes to where if they took away the three-point line – I don't know if they add a four-point line and just, like, move it way back, like Steph Curry range, where there's 12% of the league can make that out of... So would you wipe out the corners then? Yeah, it would be a straight line across. Okay. Okay, so I saw one that was funny. This is kind of a separate rule, and I don't know if I actually like this rule. I would just really like to see what it would do to the league if they made like a blue line like hockey has a blue line and they made an offside so you couldn't get fast breaks in basketball like i don't know if i like that it would be interesting to say the least yeah you couldn't have cherry picking like you couldn't have a guy down court already when you're the ball would have to be across half court before anyone else could go across half court if you have a guy like lebron james in the playoffs complaining for 30 seconds after a call and the other team's already gone down to the other side of the court and scored. Yeah. And then you make one pass, two passes, and he's just sitting there under the basket. I don't know how it would be for fast break. If it's people have to be behind you when you cross, or let's say like 
you have the ball and the other team has a guy across the line you can have it like you can match their amount of players on the other side of the line without having to basically like check it back because if it if you're if you're on a one-on-one and one guy's with you or if you're on a two-on-one and one guy's with you then you wouldn't have to worry about waiting for everybody else to come through you could you could go with the the two-on-one or whatever but the biggest thing is like guys who sit there and complain to the refs and then are still just there at the chains of possession and then all of a sudden they're just wide open. Yeah, no, I think I mean I it would be interesting. It would slow the game down a lot. I don't know. It would be it would create more like quality basketball. Like, you know, having to actually win with strategy as opposed to just out at Yeah, and the NBA is in such a weird spot right now. I think there is a lack of good basketball being played this era that we're in right now is just just kind of difficult to watch it sometimes watching teams go back and forth like chunking up threes and then every now and then you get like a a quick layup or somebody flopping for a foul shot it would be good and bad you know like because you'd lose a lot of those highlight plays but the highlights that you would get would be like so sick so it would just be like that awesome ball movement type like you are beating five guys at once. It would be really cool to see, I feel like. You'd lose a lot of the... Uh... The Instagram reels? Yeah, exa- that's, yeah, exactly. The Instagram reels. Like, it, it wouldn't be quite the same. I don't, I don't know what the solution is. I feel like there's got to be something done with the NBA, but it's hard to put your finger on because it is high scoring. It is more shooting and all this. And that's the, that's the biggest complaint about other sports. It's like, well, we want more scoring. I mean, every rule change in the NFL is like, how can we make the offense score more points? Baseball, pitch clock, bigger bases, people are scoring more points. This one is not the topic that you're exactly saying, but like completely just chaos driven. I saw it and read it. It was like basketball courts should be waxed like bowling alley paints. And I was like, well, wait, 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 wait. That's not realistic. What about if out of bounds was waxed like a bowl? I could get behind that. Now you'd get some injuries out of it. It would, you know, be putting putting bodies to sacrifice, but it would just be fun. <laughs> some bad. My last one for NBA would be: you can't foul out anymore. You can you can foul as much as you want. Would your seventh foul be more costly than like your sixth or your fifth? Yeah, we could say seventh personal foul. If it happens in the fourth quarter, they get two shots. And we're, we'll just make both of those rule changes. It's a one-on-one. If the person that commits the foul has more than six, you get you get your two. Okay. I can get behind that. Because then it goes for both sides. Then you can't be as aggressive if, if you're carrying around six fouls. But at the same time, you're not, you're not benching a superstar in the first quarter because they picked up two or three early fouls. It takes a little bit of the chess match out of it. It's It sucks when you're watching your team and it's like, man, this guy's already got in foul trouble and now he's like having to be tentative on defense. That that part of the chess match is so arbitrary and like... Yeah, that was another one I saw on Reddit. It was like, just enforce travel. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, traveling and double dribbles. I feel like something has to change with the NBA. But the NBA is hard because it's what what do you do? Do you do you purposely try to stagnate like stagnate your scoring when every other league is trying to like bring up I mean, scoring or 
I'll say this as a guy who, used, who grew up loving NBA and like part of the problem is Jerry Reinsdorf from the Chicago Bulls, if I'm being yeah. honest. But like an even bigger part of the problem to me is the fact that there's no way a team can clearly find a path to success. Like in every other sport, yeah. there are clear paths to success. In I mean, the it's NBA, a there is league. not. Like yeah, you take out tanking, thing. there's no real way to, to be like, this is how I'm going to do it. There's no path. So, yeah, the, and also the thing about the NBA is, like, I'm all for players being able to control their own destinies. They need to figure out something with this Supermax contract situation, or they need to make it easier to retain superstars in smaller markets. They need to they need, they need make some sort of incentive for guys to want to stick around or guys to want to actually build a team rather than just go join the latest super team basically so our cr our friend grease carrot here is very pro billionaire that he wants the owners to keep all the money <laughs> grease carrot says significantly less money paid to players and coaches which i can i can understand the sentiment but like at the end of the day that just means the owners make more money and i don't really think that's right either personally the revenue is still coming in i mean NBA players get paid more because their rosters are smaller and they make a shit ton of money. It's like, <laughs> naturally, NBA guys are going to make more because you have 12-man rosters and you're still making billions of dollars. So the piece of the pie goes significantly further. I mean, I, I don't think the money is the issue. I just think with, with the soft cap and the super maxes and all this, like... I feel like you should be able to pay your superstars that are already on your roster significantly more than they could make on the open market. Where right now, I don't think I don't think that gap with the Supermax deal is big enough to keep guys in-house. Yeah. I don't think there should be a limit on Supermax players. I think if a team drafts five studs, they should be able to pay all five guys whatever they want basically so, then only only when they hit free agency is there a cap so like no cap on guys that are drafted by that team yeah i think that that i could definitely get interesting if you want to leave your team then there's a salary cap then there's a there's a maximum you can get paid but if you get drafted by a, a smaller organization but they're willing to dish out the money who cares if two guys are making 58 million dollars combined or whatever it's like it's the owner's money as, as long yeah. as they're drafted there and then make it a cap where it's like the most you can make in free agency is like 25 a year that would keep a lot of people hostage though i think that's that the players association would never agree to that 25 years a lot of money no it is but like if you can make 50 some by staying another like why would you even consider Exactly. But then at the same time, you don't have to. You sign one-year deals, too. It's like... I don't, know. I don't know if it can be that wide of a difference, is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that's, it's got to be like ten, a $10 million. But you can do it. You can... But there's not a cap on how many players you can pay that money to. So, if you, if you have seven guys that you like and you want to pay... You want to pay all seven of those guys that much money, I mean more power to you like because right now it's like 
there's a cap and they have the supermax in place and it's like the supermax almost hurts a team right now more than what it's supposed to do which just help if you're putting in a supermax like if it's with the team that drafted you 25 percent discount on the cap he's saying cap the owners on their profit oh. and take the rest as taxes basically just tax well, the shit out of the owners actually I, that's interesting because if there's one thing that i think rich people would still do even if they were taxed to death is might be own pro sports teams then you lack of facilities then yeah I, I feel like that's a way that's a quick way for the nba to dissolve yeah you're, you're right like they're not going to invest as much into it yeah at the end of the day then billionaires are always going to make their money no matter what they're there's no way around that. I mean, so you know how I think they fixed the parity issue in the NBA? Owner, single elimination, one on one tournament for the number one pick. Owners play. Oh, yeah. One on one. Shirts and skins. They're getting after it. Steve Ballmer would be all aboard. Yeah. You want to really get fun with it? You give them like a seven foot rim, see what they could do. <laughs> shorten the court 50 feet 50 feet vertically and then like 20 feet horizontally <laughs> and then lower the rims three foot i think it would be great but they TV. still play full court they still play full court no half court i want to see jerry reinsdorf going one-on-one -on -one to get the number one pick i want to see it he'd probably opt out of it but i want to i want to see it yeah no i mean <laughs> Imagine, I, the, the Charlotte Hornets will get the number one pick every year. Did is Jordan's? I thought he was. I thought he was looking at selling. Is he, he not? Sold yet? <laughs> if they made that rule, he would never sell. He get the number one pick. Well, there every you year. go. That's how Michael <laughs> Jordan becomes a champion again. I mean, at that point, you're gonna get all former players as owners, and yeah, then was, oh, and then it'll be fun. It, it would like be Larry owners. Bird against like Michael Jordan, just like. One out one in their sixties. What what percent of ownership would you have to have in the team to be? Would you have to be the majority owner? I think. Or could LeBron retire and the Lakers be like, "We'll sell you two percent of the team," and then LeBron represents the Lakers. At least thirty three point three percent. Okay, at least a third. Yeah. Okay, and then, and then you're if any owner's willing to give up his ownership that much, he's allowed to do it. I like that idea. <laughs> that a lot. You want you want to talk some hockey? Yeah, we can talk a little bit of hockey. I don't know if I want to get rid of the blue line completely or just move it further back. I would love just to see more opportunities on shots on goal in hockey. Narrow the neutral zone so that it on sides is tight is bar. Yes, or get rid of it completely, one or the other. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a very casual hockey fan. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm a puckhead or anything. But when I do watch it, I mean, it's – I feel like there, there are so many opportunities where they have to, like, go back and check the puck, basically. A lot of the times, like, the defense is already set and everything, and they're just having to do it because it's the role. And I'm like, a little bit more room, and, like, the action just keeps going. Yeah, every now and then – you would have higher scoring games. You would have 
Uh, maybe a couple more fast breaks. For the most part, whenever they're having to recheck the puck, I mean, it. defense is set most of the time. Yeah. At least from what I... I watch maybe 25 hockey games a year. I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I watch it consistently, but I think it would be really cool to, to have a, a smaller neutral zone and just more action, more shots on goal. Like, Yeah, it would create more chaos. Yeah, shots on goal in hockey is like some of the most exciting things of all the sports. Just like, yeah, yeah, you have three guys down by the net. You have three guys in front of the net. You can barely see the puck. You just see it like you see it go. And then like all of a sudden it's floating there. Then somebody just kind of like barely kicks it out. Then it barely passes the blue line. Then everybody has to reset. Then there's a turnover. And then you have three or four minutes of just stagnation until as a team's like building up a play. But if it wasn't there, maybe you have one guy back and then like action just keeps going. Just more action, like more shots on goal. Like we'd love to see it. So one of mine for hockey here is that players can can get out of the penalty box early by solving a puzzle. You just have like a constantly changing puzzle on the door and the second they solve it, it's like they're out. So is is there different types of, are there like word puzzles? Physical puzzle puzzles, uh, slide puzzles. Like I mean, we're gonna have puzzle to hire a puzzle master to, to make all these and just like have them constantly changing because you can't you can't have the same puzzle twice. Exactly, or even the same type of puzzle because like most puzzles are just algorithms, and once you know how to do that specific type of puzzle, they can change it up however they want. But it's still easy to get. Would be really cool if it was like a maybe a, a 50 piece puzzle just out of a, a Walmart 50 piece puzzle box. <laughs> yeah. And they have, to, they have to take off their gloves and actually like ripping open the box and frantically trying to put this thing together. That would be incredible. And they don't get out of the penalty <laughs> box until they finish the puzzle. So it's okay. not that they're, it's not that they're getting out early. It's that they're having to put together this puzzle made for five-year-olds as quickly as possible with full hockey gear they don't get a table or anything. They have to like get on their knees and put it on the box. And if they rip it too hard, the piece flies across the penalty box. They're having to like crawl under the chair, to like grab this little puzzle piece. And then it has like a separate camera, like in the top right corner. Yeah. It's just watching. There's an official whose whole job is watching. Yeah. The puzzle. <laughs> you can watch the puzzle as the action's going. And it's like your <laughs> captain's in there and it's like, Oh man, this dude's average average puzzle time is a minute forty seven. Like this dude's a stud. But then like all of a sudden he drops a piece and he's looking everywhere for it. And you see like the numbers get bigger. It's like 201, 203, 204. Like, this it's is in the glove. It's in the glove. The- <laughs> <laughs> it would be great. It would be great TV. Yeah. I mean that would definitely be entertaining, that's for sure. <laughs> And then do you do you got another one for hockey or should I reel off these last two? The only other one for hockey is uh, I think they should just allow fighting again. It was highly entertaining. Yeah, I mean I I enjoyed it. I, I don't know, maybe I'm a barbarian, but yeah. <laughs> um, so another one that I found on Reddit is that each team is allotted six hockey sticks at a time. So anytime there's substitutions made, you got you gotta get your stick from the guy who's coming out. 
What about a broken stick? Oh, you can you can replace that at a time. So like, there's a guy standing there ready with this the, the next stick if one yeah. breaks. But love that. <laughs> but yeah, you have, you have to hand it off to the next guy coming in. Yeah. So you can't you can't get that like that that, that ten foot advantage. You got to go go in where that guy came take, out. Like, take it easy, grease carrot. Thanks for joining. <laughs> yeah, grease but, carrot with you on the fighting. But adios. Yeah, I would love the the one stick roll or whatever yeah <laughs> or if, if whatever whenever a new regime's coming in you have to just drop your sticks where you are yeah. as they're coming yeah. in and they have to go retrieve the stick <laughs> there would be all this strategy around it would be beautiful imagine imagine being a left-hander it's like you have to sub out with another left-hander you're right i didn't even think about that oh, oh that's the- in, that, that changes it too <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have one lefty on each uh, each line then yeah exactly and then if he drops his stick too far away or like you're going out there in a rush and you pick up the wrong stick then all of a sudden somebody's playing with the left handed stick who's right handed and somebody's playing with the right handed stick who's left handed or when you pull the goalie that guy's playing with the goalie stick yes <laughs> Just tossing knuckle pucks around, man. Or when you pull the goalie, the goalie has to has to play the field in full goal. Like you can't you can't pull the goalie. If you want to pull the goalie out of the goal, he can help, but you can't replace the goalie with another like skill position. Yeah. So that actually brings like that. That's a perfect transition here to another one that I thought of. Like it's 2023. Why are goalie pads so massive? I feel like they should be bigger. With today's technology? I feel like they should be thinner and more, like, just as effective. Oh, thinner. I, th- I mean, I-, I-, I thought you were talking about, like, width and bulkiness. Yeah, as far as, like... Like, if they invested in the technology to, like, make goalie pads smaller. They- yeah. You know, but like they don't because it eats up more space. But like that would be interesting to see. Like, you know, what would scoring look like in hockey if goalie pads were small? What if they just made the net bigger? Then the pads would get better, bigger. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, like, how big can you make the net before like you're immovable? <laughs> you're not a big blob. <laughs> that's that's a good question. Actually, that I bet you there's. There's got to be a breaking point somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> what if you had yeah, hockey nets the size of soccer goals? Okay, but one that's less about chaos and more like about making the game more interesting. Like, so they should make it where a goal does not kill a power play. And where a shorthanded goal does kill. So, like, if you are playing, if, if you're on the wrong end of a power play and you score a shorthanded goal, power yeah. play's over. Like, that's, that should be okay. done. You get your guy back. But if if the beneficiary of the power play scores a goal, that shouldn't end it. It should still keep oh. going until the time's running. Is the power play over if you score a goal? Yeah. I'd say I don't watch enough hockey at it. But yeah, the power play is dead the second that the that – the, the team I was watching benefiting the, scores. I was watching the Stars game tonight, and Vegas scored twice 
like one second after the power play was over. Um, I don't I don't know if I've ever realized that the power play was over after he scored. I just thought it kept going. <laughs> no, well, I mean, it, it's kind of logical that it would, right? But no, it's yeah. Not. I mean, it's, you, you don't do the don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Like you got to put in your time. Like I didn't realize it. Like so, if you lose your best player and you're up three one, like I'm not like. I don't know how advantageous it would be to give up a goal, but it's like you get your guy back out there quicker. On uh, like, so like, well, the guy got ejected in the, the night's game, but like one of the stars' best players had a whatever it's called. Whenever you get ejected, it was a five-minute power play, and I was like, if for some, is that only for ejections where it's five minutes, or do you know? I don't know. There's there's different degrees of it, like. I was about to say, like, if he could come back in, he's one of your best players, and like, you need him immediately. And it's like time, like, let's say there's five minutes left in the game, and it's like, you want him out there. It's just like let him score, get him back out there. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be shorthanded for five minutes. Like, I don't know. But then but, at the same time, you're see, that, up that's goal, where so. scoring the shorthanded goal, killing the power yeah. play, really comes in handy, though. It's like you, you, you gotta go score that goal. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. No, I like it. I, like I said, I didn't even realize that it, it killed the power play to begin with. But uh, another thing about hockey that I completely forgot. So if you have another one, you can say it. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 dumb. That's all I got for hockey. My next one's soccer. Okay, we'll move on to soccer. First, first number one rule of soccer: you should be able to use your hands like you are in hockey. Like if if you got a ball coming your way, you should be able to just knock it down and just keep going. Like, the fact that, like, it's a free kick, if it, like, just glances off your hand is absolute lunacy to me. It's like, maybe maybe you can't use it to, like, block, but if you're in the middle of the field and, like, ball's coming up or whatever, you should just be able to, like, knock it down. Keep on, keep on. Like, when I, the amount of times, like, when I was watching the World Cup where somebody would kick it over somebody's head, and then it goes all the way to the other end of the field, and it's just like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, I... I, I generally agree with you there, but it goes counter to my one rule change of soccer, so. Tie their hands together? Almost. So, my, my thought is that they should all either have their hands sewn into their pockets, like pockets sewn as close as they can get with their hands. <laughs> or they just wear sleeveless jumpsuits where they have no arms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be fine with that too. It, it's like, the most frustrating thing is, is like, whenever somebody makes like an incredible goal or something and it glances off of like somebody's forearm and they do a five minute review uh, to whether or not yeah. it's a handball. And I'm like, obviously intention wasn't there. It's like, it's technically the rule, but it's like, it's just hanging off your body. It's like, yeah, just get rid of them. Yeah, just get rid of them. All I, I'm 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 for that just as much as I'm for the other one. Like one or the other, but like the the amount of. I mean, I think um, yours is probably more logical, but I just think it'd be hilarious to see these guys running around in jumpsuits without arms. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would make soccer much more entertaining. Yeah, and like take take about twenty yards off the width, like ten yards on each side, like. Thin that thing up a little bit. Yeah, like, let, let's let's see some more. Let's Speed like, it up. Create create a fast lane here. <laughs> yeah, field's too big. Field's too big. 
<laughs> as a big guy watching that, like I, I get tired watching soccer. I'm like, oh, this is like... I want to like it so much too. I just like, Same. I struggle. Uh, it's just, it just reminds me of like the little like five foot seven running back that was like a freshman that just runs and runs and runs, and you're like, can you calm down for a minute, like? <laughs> We're okay. It's like slow every, roll here, buddy. We're we're running like uh, sprints or whatever at the end of the practice, and like this dude's still running like full speed after like the thirtieth one, and like I'm dying, like barely able to move, and I'm like, bro, making everybody look bad. Like, <laughs> go home. <laughs> I think you get more trouble for going home. Make <laughs> it look bad. It's, it's just so annoying. Like, I get it. You're 130 pounds. Like, <laughs> but yeah, just make the field smaller. Like, also, yeah. if, if, if you get subbed out, you should be able to go back in. Like, keep, keep yeah. your best guys fresh. Keep your best guys I didn't guys, even like, think about that, but I hate that in soccer. That you it's like, crazy. That like the best player in the world like can't take a break like yeah <laughs> you play the game might be a little faster if they were allowed to take break yeah like can you imagine like just being able to take like a just a ten minute breather and just go back out like make make it su- like make it hockey style of substitutions like you just have a line run off and a line run back in and it's like some soccer purist is gonna see this just like throw his drink all over his computer screaming at it like yeah, that is not do. okay hope you do <laughs> your sports suck i want to i want to like your sport it's so boring i don't care if it's like i don't care if it's the most popular sport in the world like it's it it's hard to watch like, you don't have to know anything about football and you can turn it on and be like oh whoa what <laughs> what is going on basketball you don't have to know anything about basketball. And it's like, whoa. You don't have to know anything about baseball. And you can be like, especially this year's baseball, you can be like, oh my goodness. Like, there's constant action. And then soccer is just like, I, I watch soccer so closely for like 30 minutes straight. And then I look down for one second. It's the only goal of the game. And I'm like, what? You know what I think it is? I think it really it does come down to a lot of it. The lack of substitutions that I think about. Because they're you're forced to to conserve, conserve energy, your energy and there's there are so few moments in a soccer game where everyone is going a hundred percent like you think about yeah, football no. it's like most of the game is everyone going a hundred percent most of the yeah. daytime there's basketball no, no it's like there are so many a hundred percent moments baseball there are like you need to know the intricacies of the game to see it yeah. but there are constant hundred percent moments yeah, and i'm not a- sure that that can work in soccer the way it's currently constructed yeah, the only time you get time off in soccer is if you're, like, I don't know the positions, but if you're, like, a defensive guy and, like, the ball's on the other end of the field and you're basically just playing defense at, like, midfield. Yeah. And you're just kind of just making sure the ball doesn't get back across. Also, like, the the offsides rule in soccer, I don't, I don't know how you fix it. I think it is the best offsides in sports. But whenever you're, like, getting out, like, 4k cameras and like going down to like the hair of a hair i mean like, oh he was offside it's like i think i think it should be 
the rule of soccer for offside should be similar to if you throw the ball past the line of scrimmage as a quarterback. Like every single part of your body has to be past the defender rather than like your shirt collar was a half yeah. inch further than the defender. If your, I think, toe, if your toe is behind, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if one part, if, if one part of any part of your body is still behind rather than the opposite of like, if your nose is too far, like if you're leaning too far forward, but the rest of your body is behind, like you're outside. Yeah, I think it just simplifies I think it. Be flip-flop. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me throw my one baseball one in here and then we'll get to football. So we're not running too, too long. Uh, but for baseball, this is simple. It's fun. It's, you know, going to add a lot to the game. Baseball's undergone a lot of changes lately. Yeah. But this is the one they missed. Two things, really. Aluminum bats and spitballs. Bring back spider attack. Bring back spitballs. Bring back aluminum bat. Whatever you want to put on the ball is fine. Whatever you can conceal under your jersey, Whatever. you're allowed to do. Whatever you want to hit the ball with is fine. Um, <laughs> widen up the strike zone a little bit and also make the pitch clock shorter. <laughs> yeah. Let's get so they're rushed it. to get that junk on the ball, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, this is a roll from the Savannah Bananas League. If, if, if a fan catches a foul ball, you're out. <laughs> you got to have some dudes walking around the stadium with steel pipes. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> and also if if a pitcher intentionally hits a player it, it should be fight on site and nobody can jump in they just duke it out and if your pitcher gets knocked out like you shouldn't have been thrown at him hey it, hockey rules second the yeah. guy touches the ground it's done knees yeah. on the ground he's done yeah Bites exactly like, just like that I don't think you should be able to throw a what, what's a baseball weigh like six ounces. I don't think you should be able to throw like a six ounce projectile at a dude at a hundred miles an hour just because he flipped a bat. Like to me, that's insane. Like I understand like the old rules of baseball. You flip a bat, like you showboat, you get pegged. Like these guys throw way too hard. Don't let him hit a home run. Yeah, I mean these guys these guys throw way too hard for baseball purists to be like, oh, it's part of the game. You do it, you get you get pegged like that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, I am pro bat, so I, I'm a hard. Well, it's not even it's not even that. Like if you if like I understand there's there's errant pitches and stuff. Like you know, there's definitely times where people get hit where they're not trying to hit them. But when you intentionally hit somebody with a even, and I, I'm sure they don't throw fully, but I mean. MLB pitchers not throwing a, a full fastball. It's still going 85, 90 miles an hour. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, can I can I throw out some of these Twitter ones real quick Absolutely. before we get to our football? So, first one from Badger Noonan. Uh, in football, you should get one additional point for every lateral you complete on a touchdown scoring play. And so, I asked him, is a sweep or a toss considered a lateral? And he said, 
it should be well that that was my initial suggestion is it just be on live scrimmage he said i think you just make a state that lateral must take place after the initial distribution from the qb okay. so anything from the qb after right at right after the snap qb to anyone does not count as a lateral but anything after that isn't i was about, i was about to say i don't know how familiar six-man football in texas but the quarterback in six-man football technically can't throw a forward pass. So the, the quarterback in six-man football is actually what is the running back. And the running back in six-man football will usually take the snap, immediately pitch it back to the quarterback slash running back, and then they make the forward passes. So yeah. it, would, it, would, it would turn into that if it was – but, yeah. I like the role of after the initial distribution. Yeah. Um, and then another one from Arkells13. He says that he'd want to make officiating a full-time job and create programs for former pro or college athletes to enter into officiating to get individuals who can see and process the game at the speed it's played. Officiating. See, that's, that's a... That, that that's something that should happen anyway. Yeah, I um, think that's a great, that, great thing. To that's something that I've I've thought forever. I mean, I don't. I think officials should be a full time job. The fact, like the fact that, and I also think they should be held accountable to the media. But they can't be held accountable to the media because they're not technically they're they're contract employees. They're not they're not technically employed by the league. Mm-hmm. They're employed through contracts. So yeah, it, it's crazy that they're not held accountable. It's crazy that. They can they can change a game on a judgment call and then not have to say anything about it. it. It's crazy that they can they could impact millions or even billions of dollars worth of revenue on a judgment call on a on a game ending play that can possibly win a win a Super Bowl win a, win a playoff game, all this stuff like Des Bryant catch like, and then they can just come show up the next week and release a statement and be like, oh, we made the wrong mistake. Sorry. With, yeah. with no with no recourse whatsoever. I mean, I think they're not only should they should be graded every week. They, I mean, you could be relegated. Uh, it's like, if you're not being very good, like, you're not on the staff. And then, like, maybe... You're going to maybe, Europe. Yeah, going to Europe. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, that that that's a sensible rule change that I was thinking more outside the box. But yeah, well, I, mean, I, I I really like the this long overdue the former pro and college athlete aspect. I think that that because they just see the game happening faster and better than what but someone who did. You also talked to some former. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, there there's so many people that are 53 men on a roster. I mean, yeah, but there there's a lot of guys that talk to like. I wouldn't be able to ref because I I can't see the field like that. Like I'm, I would be being being whatever exposition that I am. It's like I would be hyper focused on the little things and forget that I'm being a ref. But I'm sure there are guys that would be able to yeah see see everything at once. But I know a lot of guys that like have been asked about being a ref, but I wouldn't be able to do it because like the way I was raised playing football like i wouldn't be able to i watched bro- i wouldn't be able to yeah. see a broad thing I didn't and that. that's a good point though yeah but i and mean then, it's not 
it's not to say that you can't you can't put uh training in place and it's like if you want to transition into this career we have yeah we have we have this program for you because i mean i'm sure there are like like i said 53 man rosters average average nfl careers what two and a half years like there's tons of guys that would love to do that that yeah they'd probably be very good at it yeah then last one here from jacob van jones says xfl kickoff rules in the nfl and then nhl three on three overtime format for the last three minutes of each period which would be wild i'd fall for that then his last one expanded 16 team college football playoff including home games top eight seeds that new sites yeah, so I didn't even think about college football. I was more thinking pros, but yeah, yeah I mean, we're we're about to get an eight game playoff. It's going to go to sixteen after that, and then it, from there, it might even. I think what's eventually going to happen, we're going to have four mega conferences. We're going to have four conferences that are eighteen to twenty four teams apiece, and you're basically going to those are going to be like the four brackets, and you're going to have like the one and like the six seed from each conference. You're going to have a twenty four team playoff. And uh, the one and two will get a bye. Uh, yeah, the one and two will get a bye. The three will play the six. The four, four will play the five. The lower seeds of each will play the one and the two. And then you'll play the semis, which would be the, whatever conference you're matched up with. And it would be a bracket style that way. And I think it'll eventually be a 2014 playoff whenever. Unless the unless the Pac-12 just... The, it, it basically hinges on the Pac-12 and ACC at this point. But I feel like we're going to get to four, four super conferences, basically, of around 20, 24 to 30 teams apiece. We're going to have 90, 90 teams in the, the Power Five. You have the SEC, you're going to have the Big Ten. You're going to have whatever whatever the Big 12 will be at that point. And then whatever uh, Pac-12 and ACC figure out. Um, I'm assuming the ACC is going to be the one that's dissolved because, I mean, Clemson, Miami, Virginia Tech, uh, Duke and North Carolina are already trying to break their contract with ESPN to leave, which would only leave like seven teams. And you know, I mean, it's, it's Boston College. It's Pitt. I mean, they would get absorbed into the Big Twelve, uh, a little bit of the Big Ten. And I, I think, I think the Pac-12 would be the one to have to be the fourth. But I don't know. But I, I think that's what we eventually get to is yeah. a 2014 playoff. Like we, we could we could do a whole episode on that, but yeah, one for days. What what what's your what's your favorite NFL uh, proposal? Well, not my favorite, so I'll do one. Just get rid of holding inside the trenches completely, offensive and defensive. Just completely get rid of it. You can hold, you can hold defensively, you can hold offensively, you can do whatever you want because it already happens every play, and there's a way you can legally hold, but. If your hand gets too far outside, then it's a hold. But sometimes it's not a hold, depending on whether the rest is or not. It's such a judgment call. And defensive players are taught now, like, oh, create space so they can see the jersey, jersey strip. But when an offensive player is trying to pull, a defensive player can hold and rarely doesn't get called unless you're the Dallas Cowboys in a playoff game. And then they call defensive holding on the defensive line or an offensive player is trying to pull. It's crazy. It's, well, so it, it's such a judgment. This is something I learned uh, from friend of the show Robert Schmitz earlier this year. Did you know that it's not actually holding if 
when you put your hands, like as, as an offensive line, when you put your hands on the, on the defensive lineman and then they rip away and you're still gripped, that's not a hole. By yeah, as long as you're inside the shoulders. Yeah, as long as your hands are. But like it looks, it should be like by the name of the rule, that's a hold. But like, but it's also yeah. not. It's like it's contradicting itself. But then if your hand slips and you have them on the shoulder up here, it's a hold. If your hand slips, you have yeah. them under the armpit, it's a hold. It has to be basically on the tip. And yeah. if your hand slips outside the tips, it's a hold. So you can have a jersey stretch all you want right here. And they can create distance and you're good. But if your hand slips and it goes over here and then you re-grip, it's well, a hold. But like, what's the difference between that when the guy went to the left and you're still gripping exactly where you were, but his jersey's coming this way? Exactly. Versus, that's where, like, there's that's no where, difference. That's where it comes down to the judgment calls of it all. It's like, everything's a judgment call. You can call it on every play. Just get rid of it completely. I don't think it would change that much. Like, maybe you can't hold somebody from the back to where, yeah. if you get beat, you can't turn around and it, grab somebody by the horse collar and yank them down. Like, make it flagrant. If there's a flagrant hold, but that's it and make it a 15 yard penalty yeah like something outrageous but like if a guy's going past you and like you grab his jersey i don't think that should be a hold i mean i'm just don't don't get grabbed yeah and if an offensive <laughs> play, if an offensive player is trying to pull and a defensive player grabs their jersey or grips them up whatever like don't get caught up by the defense like yeah. that was one thing we were always talking about offensive line like uh we we don't did a lot beat. of pulling yeah, we, we did a lot of pulling, and they're like, are, we know the different tackles are going to be going after your knees so you don't get out of your pool. Like, get out of your sets. Get down get down the line of scrimmage. Like, do not get held up by these defensive players. Like, it goes both ways, depending on yeah. your scheme. Yeah. So, my first one here be a lot of fun. Get rid of eligible receivers. <laughs> yeah. Anyone can be an eligible receiver at any time. Darnell Washington is number one in the last draft if this rule happens. Um, Like, anyone who could just be, like, an offensive tackle and a real threat as a pass catcher, they're going to become very valuable. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then the next one I got here is... it's This is the third time I've said it on the show. The year is 2023. Why does every player not have an earpiece in their helmet? Like, I think that just that should be logical. I don't think every player should have the mic, but every player should have the earpiece and be able to communicate with each other. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Like, like I said, it's 2023. The technology is easily there. I don't, I mean, there's, I guess, some gamesmanship aspect to it there that you're looking for, but really it just seems fruitless to me like why not just have all your guys being able to 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 hear the communication that's coming through i just think that makes sense yeah especially from like how much information are you really getting that would be like detrimental to the integrity of the game it's like i mean i can understand not wanting everyone to have a mic because then you're just having too many people talking at once but like to not have the the sound of it like let as many people as they want have a mic though it's like Worst case scenario, it's just the shit show. Chaos. Oh, God. I've seen too many dysfunctional Bears teams to trust that. Yeah. Yeah, can you imagine Brandon Marshall 
on the bike with Jay Cutler and Mike Martz. Like that would have yeah. been <laughs> that would have been something. Yeah. And then uh last one, uh I had a really good one for NFL. I can't remember what it was. Dang it. Should have wrote these down. As you soon as you brought up with another? Yeah, yeah, keep rolling. So my next one is take away the hash marks. You play the ball wherever That's it cool. ends up. If a guy runs out of bounds, you gotta snap it from right on the edge out of bounds. You gotta figure that formation out for yourself and how you're gonna make that work. It's gonna impact the ability of guys running out of bat to run out of bounds, stop the clock, because they're gonna be screwed by the next play. <laughs> they gotta fight for those yards, man. I think I love that would that. be I mean, I don't think that that would be sustainable, but I'd love to see it for a few games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be one of those. It's like, I mean, then you're avoiding the sideline like the plague for the offense. We're at, we're at now, it's an extra defender, but it's like you yeah. get tackled out of bounds, and it's like pretty hard to run that next play. Yeah. Especially <laughs> especially near the end zone. I mean, it would it, – because it's like – yeah. If, if it's third down and you throw like a screen out, like you're always you trying to get wide, wide out there. Cause it's like, yeah. you, you have a lot of East West space, but like it's high risk. So I feel like that's something that would hurt scoring though. And the NFL is never going to do anything yeah. that's going to hurt scoring. You're right. It would be hilarious. But it would be. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of 60 plus yard field goals being worth four points. Yeah. I'm Put more emphasis on the kicker. And, um, oh, also, you can you can go for two with a 60-yard field goal. I like that, too. Oh, just give him the option. Yeah, so it's okay. like you can you can kick you can kick the one. So you kick the reg- standard point after, which is what now, 35 yards? Something like yeah, that. something like that. Or you can kick a 60-yard field goal from the 43. And completely get rid of actual two-point conversion attempts because at the end of the day, it's untimed down and guys don't get paid enough anyway. So you put more emphasis on the kicker. Uh, we want to we wanna treat kickers like football players, like make them more involved. And two-point conversions, you, you, you got to have a guy on your team that can kick a 60-yarder. And he may or may not be your primary kicker. And so, you're, you're not getting the wear and tear of, like, I mean, for, for high-scoring teams uh, that don't like to kick extra points, like, if the Steelers can actually score, I mean, that's a potential, like, six or seven extra plays and uh, a uh, division schedule. So, like, that you don't have so, to show. I think you should be given, and this I just thought of this as you were saying it. I think you should be given the option of like, you can go for two from like the five, maybe, and that, or you could kick the field goal from what is it, 25 or the PAT from the 25 for the one. Yeah. Or you can go for four by running a play from the 25. From the 25. Or like you can kick a 60-yarder for, what, two? Two. Or 
you could go for the end zone from the 43 for six. Yeah, just to make more scoring. Yeah. yeah. And the potential of the potential of a six point play would <laughs> on an extra point yeah. would be incredible. Twelve point swing. Twelve point swing. <laughs> and, I mean, how often like it, it's one of those rules where the reward is enough to where we would see it, but like how often would you see it converted? I mean, you see a Hail Mary a year, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, would people work on 40-yard touchdown plays more to where you're working on breaking a prevent defense with a specific play rather than, like, we're just going to throw it up? Would would they design plays, design walls? Because like, it, it would basically come down to if we could, if we could strategically throw, like, it would be like a 15-yard screen pass, essentially, where it's like yeah. we need to get a wall in front of this guy and you're throwing you're throwing a 15 yard out and oh also oh you you kind of mentioned it with an ineligible man downfield like maybe maybe not eligible receivers but like you gotta you gotta widen that like to at least like six seven yards that that, that two yeah. yard gap of an eligible man downfield it's like, already not called like it, it just gets yeah, ignored but, on half these rpos well, it, it gets ignored except when it doesn't, which is the most yeah. frustrating thing about it. Because then when it is called, the dude, a lot of times the dude's only like five yards. He's not blocking anybody. He's just standing there. Yeah. Because he got a little bit too deep and the play's going the opposite way. And he was like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, like, it gets called out of nowhere and it gets called, what, 10 times a year, maybe? Yeah. But, like, whenever it does get called, it's just like, more times than not, it's like, because. The, like the reason for the rule is like you don't want to confuse the defense with being like oh i'm an open guy so the defense isn't putting a guy on you but like they call it for just like an offensive lineman like just sitting there like a jackass well wouldn't that without it, when the offensive the lineman is sitting there like a jackass isn't that kind of the like what you're saying about the rule like if he's going to block someone they know that he's not a receiver but if he's standing in space a safety might react to them. no well what i'm saying when it usually what it's called is like the all the actions going the other way and maybe he went to go like go get a linebacker and got a little bit too deep maybe fell down and got back up and like the balls are out and everything i like, got you i got you and i thought you were that, saying like in space and i was like well i could see how that could impact the cup yeah know? yeah no yeah but like a lot of times that's what you see is like you see all the action going one way and then like the tackle of the guard got a little bit too deep, lost his man, and he's just sitting there and he's a little bit too deep when the ball's thrown. When yeah. like there's not a receiver over there, there's no action going his way whatsoever. And then you get the call and it's like, I mean, it's not really the spirit of the rule. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah, not really. Um, then my last one here. Eliminate almost all penalties and just cut them down to Personal fouls. Ref just throws a flag. Box. Personal foul on this player. Yeah, with a penalty box. And then the team who got the foul called on him, that player has to come out for X amount of plays, depending on the severity of the personal foul. Maybe it's one, maybe it's three, maybe it's five. And that team has to play a man down for all those plays. They can't replace him. So 
in the rare instance that a quarterback can they bring in another quarterback or are they nope. just having to run wildcat for two plays wildcat i love that i mean I well that. actually i guess they could but they didn't it would be like they could put in a quarterback but they'd have to take a non-quarterback off the field they'd oh, have to play 10 on 11. you're still, you're so still they could. yeah the spirit of it is just 10 on 11 with that player off but you can still make substitutions accordingly so it's like yeah if you lose a tight end it's like okay well we can either throw it like we can replace uh our our third receiver for an extra tight end and just run the play and then you just have two receivers out and then either throw in another tight end or another or another tackle yeah or like something like that or if you're I on think defense it, i think it would be a, a thing where you start to see a lot of guys like darnell washington coming value because yeah. you, i think you you need that guy who could be either to even try to make it effective like yeah. it, it's super detrimental if like 10 on 11 <laughs> like that can really kill you no yeah i i like that idea a lot um and then my last one and i have i have i have solutions for this i have i have it all mapped out uh so last place team so league wants to grow league the league wants some sort of market share in europe so my idea instead of making three or four different teams play in europe every year and it's usually always the bottom of the barrel anyway whoever is gets the first overall pick the the worst team in the league has to play all of their home games in Europe the following season with the caveat that they will always play back-to-back home games and open the season at home. So if you open the season at home in Europe, you have all the weeks leading up to it to prepare following another home game the next week. So that gives you an advantage. And then all of your away games are back-to-back, but you're not having to go back across the pond. And more times than not, the schedule, you'll probably end up playing opener, another one, and then probably three and three. And then also on top of those, your 17th extra game gets played at your home stadium. So you always have basically a de facto extra home game for being, being the worst team the previous year. But... Another caveat to this is that any team can be uh, can uh, volunteer to be the Europe t- the European team of the year and get awarded a third round compensation pick, but only if the team that earned or the worst team in the league that earned that spot would have to say like, okay, you can take it, and so. If 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 you're the worst team in the league, you're making another team better by giving them a third round comp pick, but then you're not having to go to Europe. But then maybe like let's say the Oakland Raiders a couple of years ago that are fighting for a new stadium, or the Chargers that are fighting for a new stadium, like, hey, let's go grow a market over here. Let's show the city that we're trying to work with that doesn't want to help us out, that doesn't want to keep us here. 
we'll go play our games here until we find our home city in the U.S. Like, it just adds so many elements to it. And then, not only on top of all that, you look at every division in the NFL, there's not really a bad division top to bottom in the NFL. So it's like, more than likely, like, the Chiefs are going to have to go to Europe. The Cowboys are going to have to go to Europe. Packers are going to have to go to Europe. Like, but some of those teams have already gone. But I'm just saying, like, right now, like, the Cowboys will never go to Europe, as as it stands right now. It's just not going to happen. I mean, too much money to be made here to where the money doesn't make sense to send them overseas because they're not the world's team. They're America's team. Just the way it is. So, it's like, why would you, why would you give up that? But if, if, if Washington or even Dallas it was like the worst in the league, can you imagine how mad Jerry Jones would be if he had to play his home games in Europe? It would be incredible. And then, like, the Giants are just like, oh, we'll take that third-round pick to do it. And Jerry yeah. Jones is like, no, you won't. <laughs> exactly. Or, I mean, Washington, who's been a piss-poor franchise, like, if they get the number one overall pick, like Cowboys have to have to play at least one game there. Yeah. Like a team that wouldn't normally go. So you wouldn't get Jaguars, Titans, Texans, uh, Texans, Colts, like whatever they usually throw over in London. It's just like, here's the game. Like we're, it's going to be on 7 a.m. for, for America. Like we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'll well, tell you it also pride limits the impact of you truly hurting one of the contenders by doing like exactly because the number one pick team like i mean i don't think the chiefs are too worried about having to go play the number one pick team in europe there if they're having to go play a like a, another contender there then yeah. it kind of changes stuff the cha- it changes these guys rest their ability to like yeah. you know they have to really it, game plan for that. It, they don't really the, game plan for every team in the NFL. Yeah, and then it gives the worst team in the NFL just the the slightest advantage the yeah. next year with back-to-back home games always. Like, yeah, maybe like maybe you play a game in LA and then the next week you have to play in London, but then you're in London again after that. So it's like you get you get those small advantages that could could help break you through the cycle and the NFL doesn't really have the problem like the NBA of like purgatory because the NFL's a 50-50 league already. But still, I mean, there's some teams that have just been historically bad that it's like maybe that little extra boost could help them get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan then, of that one. And then maybe also, I mean, players are thinking more off the field now. And so maybe a superstar like who's trying to grow his brand, trying to grow his, his presence around the world, like trying to create generational wealth is like, oh, I can go sign with the worst team in the league and market myself to a, a completely new audience on a different continent and still have the same exposure I have in the NFL in America. Like, and then maybe all of a sudden the worst team in the league is signing like the best free agents because they're like, oh, I can go market myself over there. My jersey sales will go way up. Like, I don't, I don't know how much they get on jersey sales, but just just money-making opportunities for, like, people that think long-term off the field. Maybe all of a sudden yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll have really bad teams and then, like, you'll have a couple of superstars being like, hey, a whole new audience, whole new market. I, I, can, I can own a country, basically, if I go over there. 
and I take over because like there's a thirst for it. Like you, you see the games like they want good American football over yeah. there, and it just hasn't been able to happen. It's growing then, like wildfire. Yeah, and then you also it, it keeps it fresh too. It's like yeah, like they won't ever have their own team, but they'll they'll consistently have fresh fresh matchups every year and it'll it'll grow the league rather than like throwing one team over there and just like you're basically throwing them into a dumpster fire if 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 you have one london team and everybody else is in the in yeah. the states to where if it's a different team every year or maybe sometimes they they'll stay over there for two or three years but at least you're getting a fresh new batch of teams going over every year and you're able to grow the entire league better yeah. that way. Did I ever tell you my conspiracy theory about uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars? About being London's team? Yeah, about what better player to build the national NFL brand in London with than Trevor Lawrence. Let's see. It... It makes sense, but to me, I don't know why, but Justin Herbert just fits that role so much better than Trevor Lawrence does. <laughs> really? I feel like Trevor Lawrence, like Trevor Lawrence is from the South. He's, he plays on a Southern team. But Justin Herbert's just a, a guy who's really good at quarterback that you could just throw him anywhere. Like I feel like Justin Herbert almost is, or not Justin Herbert. I feel like uh, Trevor Lawrence almost is Jacksonville at this point. To where it's like, Nothing about Justin Herbert screams Los Angeles. The Chargers don't belong in Los Angeles. Like I think if any team should go to Europe if they're just sending a team, should be the Chargers way before it's the Jaguars, in my opinion. I mean, international or not, they're gonna charge them, so Yeah. Like let them think they have the best team every year. It just like <laughs> at least there will be Chargers fans. It could actually become plural. Like, there will be no more Charger fan, and it will be Charger fan. <laughs> and every year, they can they can argue with American fans on Twitter about how good Justin Herbert is. Like, imagine all the support that the Chargers fans would have going into the playoffs, only to be crushed. So, in such heartbreaking fashion, year after year, or just miss the playoffs completely. Like, and they get Patrick Mahomes coming to town once a year. And then... All the Chargers fans will probably just become Chiefs fans at that point. Well, <laughs> how can you blame them? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to me, to me, the Chargers make the absolute most sense. They're they're the, they're the only team in the NFL like they don't really own a market. Like the Rams have kind of taken over the LA market. The Rams are LA. Chargers aren't really LA. Where do they go? It's like maybe like you look at San Antonio. You look at look at some of the the cities that need an nfl team but it's like santa dallas owns san antonio and then uh yeah jerry that happened it's like where where would the chargers go to where they could actually have a market and a fan base it's like are you gonna send the chargers back to say are you gonna send the chargers to st louis to take the ram spot who became the la team like no uh maybe back to san diego but it's like Ah. Yeah, San, like San Diego is the only place that kind of makes sense, but it's like you can't send <laughs> well, them to Milwaukee. Blew that one. Yeah, it's like you can't send them to Milwaukee. 
Oakland's not getting another team. Uh, you look at some of the other major cities in the U.S., like Oklahoma City's too close to Dallas. Uh, Kansas basically, or Kansas City basically owns the entire Midwest. Hey, I'll tell you what, if if the Bears fumble this Justin Fields thing, Chicago's prime for a second team. Yeah, maybe, but I just, I can't imagine getting much market share up there and like, because you're right there in the Midwest, Midwest slash Northeast. Like, you're on the verge of the Northeast, but also like in the heart of the Midwest. Like, are you gonna are you gonna still Colts fans? Are you gonna still Bears fans? Are you gonna still Bears fans? If you start winning, you'll still Bears fans. And there's there's a stadium sitting right there. Yeah, but I don't think they would do that to one of the oldest franchises. Does I don't think the NFL would either. But like, I'm just saying, like. If that, the bear, that, the bears have been pretty so rough for though. such a long time, because that I fan mean, base you, is primed to be taken. It, it, I think San Antonio would make more sense than that because at least San Antonio is like far enough away from Dallas, between Dallas and Houston, and they're See, they're they're a market that I I think I think a San Antonio market would uh, San Antonio South Texas would thrive with a team. It would just be Jerry Jones that didn't want it. But yeah. the people of the city would want it to me and accept Jerry it. Jerry Jones is the difference. Though. Jerry yeah. Jones will not not let it happen. I'm not sure the Bears are power brokers in that way. But at the same time, I don't know if the NFL would want want to do that. Where yeah, I don't think the be, NFL would do it to the charter franchise. But like, I'm just but saying, it would be advantageous. They're primed advant- to be taken. From- San Antonio would be an advantageous situation with. A powerful owner not wanting to do it where chicago i mean indianapolis is what like a couple hours away from chicago and then five i want to say it's really it you don't part? get that much crossover yeah indianapolis isn't super close oh, i thought it was much closer it's that, not super but... far but it's not super close either but i mean yeah yeah detroit up there i mean you have green bay in that area i mean i feel like it's just such a saturated area already they're all, they're, they're all a little further than I think you realize. Maybe so. I've never been to the Midwest. The Chicago Midwest? Middle of nowhere. Yeah, it is. Okay. And Detroit is like that. Because you asked me as a Texan, Chicago's East Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I don't really know. Like, I don't know where the East Coast ends and the Midwest begins. Is it Chicago? Is Chicago like the Midwest the is Chicago. It's like, it's like Indiana, I'd say, is the cutoff. Yeah. Ohio, maybe. Because in my mind, like, I know Chicago is Midwest, but, like, when I think Chicago, I think East Coast. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's a fair thing. To, like, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, I know where it's at, and, like, I can see it, but, like, to me, it blends in with Philadelphia, New York, like, Baltimore, yeah. like, all that area, and, like, it's a little bit further, but I also think in like Texas time to where it's like <laughs> I drove seven hours for college and yeah. still in the same state. Like yeah. it's just right there. <laughs> yeah. So but I think that'll about do it. Do you have anything to add to the to the relegation? Any other uh tidbits or anything you'd like to throw in? Uh for the relegation team 
I think I'm good. I think I think I think you got it nailed down pretty pretty well. Then I mean, Roger Goodell hit me up, dude. We can we can iron this out. I'll be the face of it. I'll, I'll be the face of NFL Europe. I promise you. It's the face you need, Roger. All right, just a, a bearded guy that just loves ball and isn't afraid to talk shit to soccer. <laughs> oh, look, I, I, it's on the bucket list to go to the big time uh, EPL game. So I'm not hating on it completely. I just yeah, fix your sport, yeah. brother. <laughs> and on that note, no, I'm I'm set, man. All right. Well, thank y'all for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment uh, of what you think should be the rules that you would like to see change and we will see y'all soon nba finals coming up curse reigns on next week give us all the winners 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 thank y'all so much y'all have a good one all right don't sleep on them no sleep on lines boy adios